Oh, hello, Super Nintendos. What's going on? It's episode 608 of Nintendo Voice Chat. I'm your host, <laughs> Seth Macy. With me here today is Herr Schneider. Very slick opening. Good job. <laughs> Thanks. I'm a professional. Cat <laughs> Bailey. Well done, Seth. Well done, indeed. <laughs> I appreciate the kind words, even if they're lies. And Taylor Lyles. You get an A for effort, Seth. Awesome. Well, we are off to a wonderful start. You know, it's it's kind of it's kind of fitting because I am such a professional, obviously, that uh, I can talk about what I'm doing tomorrow, which is I'm hosting a Wii U loving panel. What? I'm hosting a panel about how much we love the Wii U at PAX East. So if you're in Boston, PAX East at 1.30 in the Condor Theater, Ash Paulson of Good Vibes Gaming, Hip Hop Royalty, Mega Ran, and Hard Drive Contributor and Game Developer Kyle Erf will be joining me to talk about the Wii U and why we still love it. It wasn't all that bad. So if you are <laughs> at PAX East, at, please stop by the Condor Theater at 1.30 p.m. Now, let's get right into what everybody in the Facebook group wants us to talk about, which is, of course, how much we hate Xenoblade Chronicles. I'm just joking, <laughs> obviously. No, we're going to talk about Xenoblade Chronicles 3. The release date has been moved up to july july 29th to be specific we got a new trailer we get to see the ouroboros shown off uh there was a special edition revealed which is a my nintendo store exclusive which means it will be probably pretty difficult to get and it'll go fast but uh cat you are somewhat of a, a role-playing game aficionado would you say yeah, uh, a little bit. It's kind of my brand. Uh, yeah, I think so. Would you uh, mind speaking a little bit on uh, Xenoblade Chronicles uh, 3? Yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles is interesting because at this point, it's a long-running series. This is the fourth game, technically, in the series. And it's known for its beautiful vistas, its excellent soundtrack, which has music from uh, Mitsuda, who worked on the Chrono Trigger series, among other things. And uh, he didn't, I don't think he did the full soundtrack, but he has some songs in there that are really, really nice. And it's, um, it has a lot of fans within uh, Nintendo because it is a Nintendo second party game. This is uh, kind of connecting Xenoblade Chronicles and Xenoblade Chronicles 2 in a way that I think a lot of people have been waiting for uh, quite a while. The thing that's most interesting about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 at the moment is that it got moved up from September into July. Nintendo did not explain why this happened, but there's already speculation that they're getting out of the way of something else that's been unannounced. Of course, Breath of the Wild 2 got pushed into 2023, as we all know. So the question is, why did Nintendo move up Xenoblade Chronicles 3? Um, I don't know the answer to that outside of rampant speculation, which I'm sure well, we'll be doing in just a moment. I was going to say, let's just speculate then, but, but after you're done. But yeah, I was going to say that I'm actually really happy that they're doing this because I think the summer is the perfect time for an RPG like this. Kind of a quieter time. People will be looking, people will probably be done with whatever they're playing at the moment. And it's a great moment to pick up a big RPG. So I will be say that I'm a little surprised because I kind of figured Splatoon 3 would be in that slot. But. So mm. That's what I was thinking too. I was thinking Splatoon will be the summer game. And then, you know, this is the, you know, September seemed like the right time for it, where it was like sandwiched in between maybe a, a bigger November release. But I think this is great. I, I love seeing this come out earlier. And you said big RPG. 
there's a lot of big stuff in this game, you know, not just uh, not just the Ouroboros that the uh, characters can turn into. It's not a snake head eating the head on the opposite side, strangely, but it's yeah. um, that you've got uh, you've got seven characters on screen. Seven. The party is now seven, and with that, you got the Xenoblade typical like crazy HUD with all the buffs and all the the actions you can take and everything. I mean, it's definitely it looks daunting. Um, I love some of the. You've got some recalls to Xenoblade One with the uh, NTS coming back and all of that. Um, I'm actually really excited for it. it looks really good. Yeah, Kat, you said it ties Xenoblade and Xenoblade Chronicles two together. Uh, could you expand upon that a little bit? Yeah, sure. At the end of Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, the remaster, there were plot elements that suggested that the two plots, which Xenoblade Chronicles one and Xenoblade Chronicles two, are on the face somewhat different. And I'm not going to go into all the nitty gritty right here, but there have been strong hints that Xenoblade Chronicles three was going to unite those elements, and is looking like that is going to happen. One thing I, I'm going to say lots of nice things about Xenoblade Chronicles in this segment Please. for all of you Xenoblade Chronicles likers out there. I love the aesthetic of this game, um, yeah. not just the characters, but the world. I think that there's not a lot of kind of worlds like it. It is immediately catches the eye. I think that is really cool. Also, the battle system as a turn-based kind of affair is nevertheless fast-paced and very strategic. And it manages to kind of marry a lot of the best elements in some ways of MMORPGs, classic turn-based, that kind of thing. It, it actually works really, really well. So from a technical standpoint, I've always been very partial to Xenoblade Chronicles 3. And then as always, <laughs> Um, in terms of the actual worlds and everything, it is it reflects, again, the triumph of art style over kind of raw technology. Um, the, the actual characters are fairly, you know, anime-ish, as we're seeing in this B-roll that we're watching right now. But uh, I think people fell in love with Xenoblade Chronicles the first time they stepped out onto a Gower Plains and heard that music and were like, wow, okay, like this feels epic, even on, for a game that's on the Wii. So. Yeah, I oftentimes wish. Is that wish... beautiful? It's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know it's beautiful. Really wish I loved anything as much as the Xenoblade Hardcore love Xenoblade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they're gonna like, yeah, you've just cemented your 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 status as industry legend among our listeners specifically because they just are they're so thirsty to hear people talk so, like positively and at length and with knowledge about yeah. Xenoblade because I don't. I almost said I don't like it, but that's not true. It's it's a time Just commitment. Never I, grabbed me. Yes, that's it, right? It's a big time commitment. Like you know, um, the 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 battle system that I I always find getting into one of these games really daunting because there's like layers upon layers in the battle system. It gets really complicated to the point where you know you, you have so many different systems that you might get a little lost. Um, but uh, you know, obviously, it's a it's also a very long quest, and you can uh, you can appreciate that it opens up and and adds these different layers later on. But it they've never been easy to get into. I'll say that. Um, and I, I mean, you saw how how pretty uh, Xeno One looks there. Um, yeah. I do like a, a lot of what I'm seeing in this trailer for for the next one. Um, I want more, you know. I, I want more things to do in the in the world, right? It is it is an open world uh, adventure, even you know, even if the worlds are sometimes segmented. Like, I, I want more things to do than 
than we've seen in the past. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I, I'm hoping there's not a lot of other big stuff coming out this summer so I can finally spend uh, the time these games need and, and get through them in, in just a month or so. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, do you have any history with the Xenoblade saga at all? No, I, everyone tells me I should get into it, but it feels so intimidating. And then hearing Kat talk about it, I was like, <laughs> oh, I was like, do I have the time? I was like, do I have the time for this? And then and then it's releasing the same day as Digimon Survive, which I've been waiting years for this game. So I was like, I feel so bad for people that have been excited for both those games because, oh my, I was like, why did it have to come out the same, both games coming out the same day? I was just like, brutal. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> was How long was Two was let's see how long to beat. Main oh, story quite long. Sixty four yeah. hours, everything two hundred fifty four wow. hours. Wow. <laughs> wow. Game. The uh part two, that was a that was a launch game for Switch, right? That came out in two thousand seventeen. It was in the launch window, it came out December okay. yeah, that was... year. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Sure, yeah, yeah. I have both of them and I've given them a go. And it's not that I was bored or that I didn't like them. I just something else came along. And distracted me and, and then it's that same old sort of rpg story where if you're away well i guess from any large game like that if you're away for long enough you kind of forget what you were doing or where you were and i just i never got back to it and i know it frustrates the fans of this show so much i feel like i i have to just put my head down and play through it because you know cat hearing like taylor said she was intimidated by what you said but everything you're talking about i'm like well kind of my cup of tea like complicated I think it's pretty accessible by jrpg standards and yeah uh the production values are pretty high all things considered and it's like i said it's coming out in what i like to call the octopath traveler window which is just the perfect moment for a jrpg uh, for people to dabble in a jrpg like mm. this and frankly i love that nintendo is supporting kind of classical JRPGs that nevertheless uh, managed to do some different and interesting things with their combat, with their exploration. I agree with Pear in saying that I really hope that, for example, they have more complex uh, side quests and that kind of thing um, when, they, uh, when it comes to enhance the exploration of this world. Uh, because in the past, it's been a, kind of a lot of fetch quests, if I'm being totally honest. But there's yeah. a lot of interesting and deep layers mm -hmm. yeah. um so yeah it's kind I, of an underrated franchise that's what i'm my, gonna say about xenoblade my one fear is just the the seven character thing like what mm. what are they sacrificing to get this game to run <laughs> frame rate um, you know I, or, or maybe it'll just go down in in resolution obviously to to cope with yeah. it but like that's pretty ambitious because it's not just seven characters standing around they're they're i mean you see the actions are big the magic is big and lots of lots of effects going on so Curious to see this. Oh, I I would I'll love you, yeah. exactly what they did. They just made it so that the characters combined, and there's half as many there characters on then the screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I'm curious to see how it'll look with uh, on the Switch OLED with uh, the yes. vibrant mode on. I was yeah. thinking the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. When Xenoblade Chronicles Two came out, it somewhat famously had a lot of issues, if I recall correctly, in handheld mode. The, yeah. um, of course. Keep, uh, the Switch has come a long way, and developers have gotten a lot better kind of understanding of how the Switch tech and everything works. So it'll be interesting to see how Monolith is able to handle Xenoblade Chronicles 3 this time around. Yeah. Um, when is Gamescom? Is that, that's around it's the in August. It's in yeah, August. It's in August. Okay. Because I'm trying to 
I'm, I'm must trying to muscle my way into going. I'm like, boy, this seems like the perfect game to, get to fly with you to across Germany. the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I guess my question for the for for you all, and then for I guess the people listening, should I start with Xenoblade Chronicles or Xenoblade Chronicles Two? Because I have them both, and I have started them before, and I've gotten pretty far—not pretty far, but I've you know several hours into them. And I'm wondering if I want to go back and start so that you know I have. I like to stand on when it comes to discussing this series which one should i should i take on i think in my opinion i think they both stand on their own and you can play either one it's fine xenoblade chronicles 2 has a an interesting gotcha system that it adds where you have i guess you want to say like these characters that you're attaching to your uh party members and you're trying to uh, it's not pay to win or anything, which is mm -hmm. really nice. But yeah, yeah, so it has that element. I think that Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, which was remastered for the Nintendo Switch, is more of the straightforward and easier to get into uh, version of the series. And I think characters <laughs> like Shulk and such are iconic because of appearing in uh, Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. So if I were to pick one Xenoblade Chronicles, I would personally pick Xenoblade Chronicles 1. But I think Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is a good shout, too. All right. Well, then I'll have to go with one. Give it a try. Go with yeah. one. Yeah. Go with I... one and then <laughs> I guess the question I'll is. I'll give it a shot. Yeah. yeah. Will I? Yeah, I think I'll give it a shot. I think you'd like it. Okay. I'll give it a shot. And my next question is, is this the power of the Monado? That's what I really want. <laughs> it is the power of the Monado, Seth. Okay. It's right there. This Perfect. Is, there it is. I played, as you can tell, I played it just enough. <laughs> to be able yeah. to make that reference i, I yeah my it favorite thing about xenoblade is that all of the characters have these really strong and over-the-top british accents which is an <laughs> artifact of it being localized in yeah, <laughs> europe originally and... it annoys me i don't know why it annoys me but it annoys me <laughs> what the british accent yeah and i like yeah i like british people you know <laughs> some of my best friends are british people but it's like no it feels put on and there's something to the audio mix too which sounds like it's recorded in a studio and that's that's what bugs me mostly and like mm. just having this little dude with this super strong Sc scottish accent is just kind of um <laughs> i don't know it's weird like i i always switch him to japanese <laughs> yeah i that's my habit when i play um rpgs but just because i read so much faster and i yeah it's so dumb but i feel yeah. like uh um I'm doing a disservice to the voice actors when I don't listen to them. So I'm right. like, well, if I can't understand them, then I'm not. They I think wouldn't. They'll be, be okay. Insulted. They got paid either yeah. way. So. I yeah. know it's dumb. It's not... I don't. I can't explain the way that I. It's not I'm like sorry. look, fantasy movies use British accents all the time, right? To to create some sort of like old timey thing, and it sometimes sounds very out of place if somebody has an American accent in something that's supposed to be like looks like it's from the 1300s. But somehow, because this, I mean, this is sci-fi, right? So it's not like medieval mm -hmm. fantasy, like the 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 British cast. Like it, it just feels like they're picking one accent from every region and it just feels really, I don't know. It feels artificial. Like people, let, let me know if others feel that way. Um, but it, I, it, it always, yes, if you're from the out. Isle of man, no, whenever, I, whenever I started, like it instantly takes me out. I'm like, oh man, they're, they're really going hardcore here. Um, but whatever. I to think people, we can blame to, that on the original dragon warrior to people, or... uh, to people who are playing this in Scotland. They're like, what accent? <laughs> that is true um all right xenoblade chronicles 3 out july 29th 
we don't have any news on when that uh, special edition goes up, but I can promise you that we will tweet it on IGN deals or elsewhere. And I'll probably buy it because I just buy special editions now. And then I drop them on the floor before we record Nintendo Voice Chat and break them like I did with the uh, Fire Emblem one. Okay. So now we're going to talk about some rumors. A little, little handheld system that might be coming to the Nintendo Switch online service, um, which we've heard about for a million years now. And that is that Game Boy and Game Boy Advance <laughs> games are apparently almost, are, well, I should say they're not confirmed, but there were leaks posted by, tr I love this person's Twitter handle, Trash Bandicoot. Okay. Uh, on Twitter, showing four Game Boy Advance games running on Switch. Apparently, these are emulators developed by Nintendo Europe Research and Development. And uh, there was some data mining, mm. which, you know, no good rumor uh, is without some data mining. But it revealed quite a long list of games that were tested with the emulator. That doesn't mean that they're going to come out or that any of this is actually even true. But mm. Taylor... Do you have, could you uh, tell us a little bit about uh, data mining and, uh, and, and, and sort of what this could mean for the future of Nintendo Switch Online, if anything? Yeah, you know, I think with, the da with data mining, it's, it definitely should be taken with like a grain of salt. But I always, I've always looked at these and I just like take a good look at like all the information that's presented because I did see that list that somebody else had uh, quote tweeted i don't think it was trash bandicoot but they quote tweeted someone else that was mentioning the leak and they said there were a couple of games on that list like kingdom hearts chain of memories that were apparently listed but they weren't tested so my my uh takeaway was that oh okay this is like oh it'll run on this but that doesn't mean it might come out if at all but i don't know i think i feel like when it comes to just like i don't know i i think when it comes to just like bringing those games on Switch Online, I feel like it's inevitable. It's more like that if and when to me. And personally, I think it, they really should just do it. I think the bigger question that I have is what do what do the fans think if they think it's going to be part of Switch Online plus Expansion Pack or if they're going to put it with the just like the, the standard Switch Online because I think you could make a really good argument for both. Well, yeah, I think you could argue for both from our point of view, but I think from Nintendo's <laughs> point of view... They're like, cha-ching, let's put this behind a paywall. <laughs> this like, seems we all know Nintendo is amazing at leveraging its classic games uh, yeah. to be able to make money. I was going to say, yeah. what a far-fetched rumor that Nintendo would re-release its classic games on the Switch. Yeah. God, what? No, obviously, yeah. it, it, it will eventually happen. Like, there's just, it's not a question. Like, it will definitely happen. These are much, much easier to emulate than N64 games, which yeah. I've struggled with a little bit, right? And and there's an yes. incredible library. Um, you know, not everybody not everybody wants to go back and play uh, games from the kind of from the GBA and the 8-bit and 16-bit ages on on their brand new gaming machine, but well, they're wrong. They are they are <laughs> awesome, awesome GBA games. Yeah. And um yeah. yeah. I was gonna say that's, I, I a, that's a really strong yeah. It's a really strong prediction pair. So yeah. it's yeah, definitely no. going to happen because Nintendo in the past has had a little bit of a checkered history of actually getting GBA games onto their individual platforms. For years and years, everybody's like, GBA games on 3DS, when? And yeah. it seemed like it was going to happen because of the ambassador program, but they just never really got it working and then just kind of abandoned it. Of course, they eventually came out on the Wii U, but yeah, I don't yes. know. Like, the is it pressure. 
the pressure is there to deliver more value for their subscription, especially now that yes. a higher paid tier exists. Because, you know, mm -hmm. Game Pass is a different beast. Sony's stepping up their yeah. game, right? Streaming mm -hmm. is, is expanding everywhere. Nintendo has to provide the value. And like, I have not seen them outside of Tetris 99 and releasing new, new themed updates. I haven't seen them actually create something specifically for their online service or debut something other than, you know, the higher tier now has the DLC packs obviously uh, packed yeah. in. But like, it, of course they will go back to their, they will go to their back catalog. And as we've seen with the Super NES and the 8-bit uh, eight, eight games, they're kind of scraping the bottom of their barrel and they're probably yeah. struggling getting third parties to want to commit and give them Sonic and... Castlevania and Contra games because those companies are releasing them as editions, right? As collect uh, yeah. compilations. Yeah. 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 I, I really, I think Game Pass has kind of changed everything for yep. all of video games for forever and all time because it is so enormously successful and and also the backwards compatibility. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could, I have all these Xbox 360. I still have some original Xbox games that I can play right now. I'm probably not going to because I only bought them because they're <laughs> at a thrift store. But, um, you know, some of them still hold up really well. And these old 8-bit, the 16-bit, the Game Boy. But yeah, 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 yeah. One <laughs> <laughs> of Pear's favorites, Tactical Ogre. haven't got an Ogre battle on that even. No, no, no. And yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty trivial to, to emulate these, like you were saying, compared to the Nintendo 64, which there's really no great Nintendo 64 emulation anywhere. It's not just a yeah. problem with the Nintendo Switch. And I, I think... Because the model is so huge, and we are seeing Sony sort of dipping its toes in. The, like, I think it's a matter of time. Nintendo has got to know that we will give them more money for these things. They've just never <laughs> had the, the the competitive reason to do so until now. Yep. So I, I I I won't be as confident as parents say that they definitely will, because I know Nintendo can be very tricky. But that's a, I will say. but that's. But that's the Nintendo approach, right? Like they're not going to spend a ton of money developing a new Fire Emblem and then releasing them in, releasing it into the subscription service because they can keep on selling these games. Like if you look at the top ten sellers, you know, of the year, you'll find Switch games in there that have come out years ago. There's yeah. a, you know, they launch games in the top selling games, and to include <laughs> that in a subscription would actually mean making less money, right? And so, yeah, that's why I think it is going to be these kind of smaller multiplayer focused releases like tetris 99 and then classic library stuff and they they have to step it up there yeah yeah and i what i found interesting and i touched a little bit on this when i did that like that uh feature that compared the the revamp playstation plus with game pass and switch and i i when i was writing it out i was like hmm they're the big three are just taking a very radically different approaches on how they're kind of preserving legacy games, specifically legacy games that they might have in their vault. But I do agree with uh, with you all. I think that, you know, Nintendo does need to step up with their Switch Online offerings because, you know, Sony and Xbox are already kind of putting out, you know, their best foot forward or going to because I know the, the new PlayStation Plus hasn't come out yet. So I, I think at some point Nintendo is going to have to step it up. I I, th I think honestly, if it, if if they designed a service for me, they would go back to something that they tried and that failed because they it relied on hardware that nobody bought, which was the broadcast satellite stuff. The Satellaview was such a cool idea that you would get gaming broadcasts. Now, obviously, you know you you have to be respectful of when people can play and people's time, and that's another issue. But they released like 
a 20 minute narrated Zelda adventure with an announcer and people playing all at the same time. Like that sort of stuff was so exciting. And they played around with these cool concepts of taking classic games and remixing them and re-releasing them uh, on this, you know, Satellaview BS service, BS broadcast satellite. Sorry, <laughs> it wasn't a BS service. Um, and like, I, I'm surprised they haven't gone down that route in a bigger way and, and tried to, to make that happen again. You know, uh, maybe, maybe maybe that's uh, maybe that's something that we'll see in the future. I, I love so. you for bringing up Satellaview pair. Well done. <laughs> it, look, it's it. I, Nintendo doesn't get enough credit for like trying these really outrageous things ahead of when the technology can actually deliver them, right? Like the 64DD was this thing, like when they announced it was a great idea when it came out, it was way, way too late. But like being able to rewrite the game world and have a game where your footprints will stay forever, they announced it and they were way ahead of it, of its time. And then they kind of bum, bumbled it away and the PC did it, right? And games yeah. like Elder Scrolls did it before they, they could. But yeah, it's... um. There's so much to that sort of like going back to their classic back catalog and remixing it and maybe creating like these online events. Maybe everybody plays at the same time and whoever finishes gets the number one spot in the leaderboard and it's like appointment gaming. Like all of that stuff could be really cool. So yeah. basically like the Mario Battle Royale game. That came <laughs> oh, yeah. Bit like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a um, very fun game. I think that so we've only really heard rumors that Game Boy games, like classic Game Boy games, are coming to Nintendo Switch, and there's a you know all those signs kind of point to that happening at some point this year. I haven't really heard anything about actual GBA games. It could just be them testing it. I agree that the time is going to be ripe for them to put GBA games on Switch, not just for all the reasons that you outlined, but because the Wii U and 3DS eShops are going to become unavailable mm. at a certain point. And so that will functionally make a lot of these GBA games, which the GBA has grown into this beloved handheld. And it, there's a, an amazing library, a lot of wonderful games on there, not just ports. That would be really great on Nintendo Switch. God knows having Metroid Zero Mission and Metroid Fusion on the <sighs> Nintendo Switch to compare it to go right along with Metroid Dread would be absolutely wonderful. So. Let me tell you, I am 100% behind all of this. Having said that, they really need to revamp the apps <laughs> because <laughs> they can't have them all in separate apps. You can't have a Game Boy app and a GBA app and an NES app and a SNES app. You got to have an all-in-one solution, and they kind of have been working on that, but it's very clumsy at the moment. Yeah. They need a much better interface, in my opinion. I thought the interface would evolve over time where it really makes you feel more like you own that machine, right? Like there's like this nostalgia to it, but instead it's just like this quilt of uh, game box art of different sizes, which, you know, drives some Oh, it's something new to play. Crazy, That's right? Like in the it. moment you add a Super Famicom box, it's like, ah, how's it going to fit? Um, <laughs> No, it's uh, it is really funny that they segmented it that way, but obviously that's probably due to each emulator being a separate app. And yeah, that yeah. be yeah. maybe they could someday create some sort of virtual console or something. Oh, whoa. There are folders now, right? Whoa. You can put them all. You can put them all in a folder at least, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you can do I don't that, like how or... the, it uh, it's your playtime. For, it doesn't matter how many different games on one of those services you play. It just shows you played, you know, X amount of hours. Uh, yeah. Oh, like, I hate oh. that too. Yeah. 
I don't know why it just drives me absolutely <laughs> crazy. I think a cool interface is the uh, the Sega Genesis collection. Um, I can't remember who released it. The emulation on that, not great, but you're in like a 1989 bedroom with the wood paneled walls and you have your collection and you turn the TV on and you can sort of move around and it feels like you're in the past. They should just, just steal that whole <laughs> cloth. Just use that as is really great. But you know, keep the, uh, the M2 assisted emulation like it's currently on the Genesis. But do you think that this could be why they, releasing xenoblade chronicles september release game boy there it is it's huge yep. no nobody thinks that because it's not a good idea by the way cat did you ever install the nintendo online japanese versions of the app oh no i didn't you they should have, uh, they have exclusive games right oh yeah yeah you can you can do like shin megami tensei and famicom wars and stuff like that harvest moon yeah. Yeah, no, there's, <laughs> there's yeah no, there's there's uh different Some fire um, are in there right I think they, uh, I think there was like, um, uh, what they do? They did custom Robo two or something. Like anyway, there's there's a ton in there. There's yeah, P uh, Puyo Puyo was in there. Um, Goemon? Uh, no, oh. of course not. Come on. And how would I do that pair? Do I just need to go in through my Japanese account so, uh, to the Switch eShop? So you need to register a Japanese account with your Switch first, and what you don't actually have to have that account be part of a family plan or be a subscription you just have to download the app and then you have to log into your american account which is part of the subscription and you get in okay yeah oh, and there's one yeah there's a separate so one for for the genesis slash mega drive there's one for Ooh. the uh, super nes super famicom and for the n64 that's awesome do that's like a play harvest moon <laughs> It will be all in Japanese, though. That's the only one. You know what? That, I yeah. I am fine with that because mm -hmm. I was really bummed that they didn't put it on the US. So I was like, fine. But now you're telling me this, and this just opened up a whole new mm -hmm. oyster for me. So thank you, Pear. Yeah, good stuff. I think they should add more consoles. I mean, they added the Genesis. Didn't expect that. But in Virtual Console, you used to be able to buy Commodore 64 games. You used to be yeah. able to buy PC Engine and TurboGrafx games. So yeah. I, don't, I think the amount of people who care for that is like you're getting smaller and smaller. And, you know, I'm, I was a Commodore 64 fan, but like, are people going to subscribe to get Amiga games or are they going to just download the widely available ROMs <laughs> that are easily They just released on PC? the Amiga Mini. Nobody's doing those games, right? Like nobody's asking for takedowns on these kind of classic home consoles. I'm a, I'm a huge Atari 8-bit fan too. Like I love the the home computers and I like that. I want to play, play Pitfall 2 again. I love how yeah. the original Wii we were getting some really esoteric platforms by the mm -hmm. end. Yeah, like we did yeah. in fact get Commodore 64, if I yeah. recall correctly. Yes. Yeah. It's there awesome. there are four ZX Spectrum fans out there. Phil, we would <laughs> the, the old ZX Specky, as they would call it in Xenoblade Chronicles. I think it'd be difficult for Nintendo to figure out whom to pay for it at this point. Like <laughs> that is who true. Owns, yeah. <laughs> who owns like who owns the rights to Paradroid? Or you know, it's like, hello, uh, Lucasfilm Games. We would love Rescue and Fractalus and the Eidolon, please. Well, I love like, the oh, fact that the City number. Connection is owned by <laughs> City Connection Limited. So mm -hmm. there's a shell corporation set up just to distribute city connection. So that's mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah, there it is. Uh, somebody asked this in question block, but I'm going to move it up forward a little bit. What three Game Boy Advance games would you most like to see 
come to a hypothetical switch online service expansion. Now, uh, I will start it off because I realize I just put you all on the spot. But I think uh, think for me personally, I would love Golden Sun. I think that one goes, I love Golden Sun. It's on my Wii U, but I don't know where my power cord is or part of my Wii U. Uh, I would like, uh, I, uh, I'm blanking on the Castlevania game, but it's on the Castlevania collection, so it'll never come out. Um, Aria of, and, uh, of Sorrow? Yes, thank yeah. you. And then uh, the Final Fantasy VI version on oh. the Game Boy Advance, I've never played, but I've been told, is the superior version to the Super It's a better localization, but the sound isn't as good. Oh. Because mm, of uh, the GBA sound chip. Okay, mm. well... Hmm. Now I'll still take it because we don't have the it localization, anyway. and it's kind of a matter of taste because I actually really like the Woolsey uh, FF6 localization, even though it has weird things like Phoenix Down spelled F E N I X. But <laughs> you can get the enhanced localization and then just patch it onto a ROM of the original SNES game if you really want. And then the yes. Pixel Remaster is out now too. Oh yeah, that is that yeah. is also, but true. not on Switch. Where are you, Square? Yeah, what the heck? I would, I would probably go. You know, we mentioned the Metroid Zero Mission. Um, oh yeah, I, I would want Fusion too. But before that, probably Advance Wars. The GBA Advance Wars was really good, and then Fire Emblem for the GBA, which was a remake, but was uh, was also fantastic. The, the GBA was a, a great platform for the early Fire Emblems. I would love to see those. Minish Cap, obviously. Let's not forget about that one. Mm. Okay. There's a lot of good things. Yeah. Well, sure, there's a lot, but you have to pick three. I'm sorry, you picked three. Okay. Cat. Zero what is your advance was Fire Emblem. There you go. Perfect. Pair stealing my ideas. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I was actually breaking out my analog pocket over the weekend and just plugging in a bunch of GBA games. Um, I agree with Pear. I think that we should get an Advance Wars. I would like to throw out Pokemon Emeralds because oh. one of the cool things about the 3DS is that it had Gen 1 and Gen 2 of Pokemon, and they connected to Pokemon Home. And mm-hmm. that made it kind of united all of the generations in a really meaningful way. That was awesome. I would love to have Pokemon Emerald, which is the best version of Gen 3 and one of the best versions of Pokemon, period. Yeah. to be uh, on this emulation service and then to be able to have connectivity to Pokemon Home, that would be absolutely amazing. And then, of course, we have to have Metroid Zero Mission. It's just, it's the law. I think that it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's the second best Metroid game. I'm surprised they're Metroid. not remaking that one. You <laughs> yeah. Know, have, yeah. Have Mercury <laughs> Steam do that one. Metroid Zero Mission is so good. It's, it's one of the... Yeah. It really did amazing things, the speedrunning scene and everything. And of course it introduced Zero Suit Samus. So yep. it's a it's a classic. Nice. Taylor? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first off, amen to Pokemon Emerald Cat. I could not agree more. But I so I'm not gonna steal your idea and say Pokemon Emerald, but I do want out of Minish Cap, it was one of the first Zelda games that I actually played on like a handheld, and so there's a little nostalgia with that. I also would love Pokemon Pinball Ruby and Sapphire because I played so much of that. I wish I could find my cartridge, <laughs> and I would have said Metroid Fusion, but that was already taken. So I'm gonna throw a wild card out there and say Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Red Rescue Team because oh. I did play the remake. I know we have the remake, so we'll probably never get it, but 
I was a little disappointed with the remake, so I'd rather play the original. I still have my cartridge. It's it's actually on my desk. So, mm-hmm. but I don't have an analog pocket. It's gonna take forever for me to get one. So I was like, oh, hey, you know, just put it on. If give us GBA games and then put that on there on Switch Online. Come on, Nintendo, please, please do it. Yeah, analog Nintendo, pocket please. is very good, Taylor. You should get mm-hmm. one. Yeah, if you can get an analog pocket, you can get them for like three hundred some bucks on eBay right now. I just checked recently. <laughs> Yeah, and if you get the dock with it, which, by the way, thank mm-hmm. you, Seth. That was amazing. No uh, problem. Being able to play, say, Metroid Zero Mission on your TV, amazing. Oh, yeah, who needs yeah. Switch Online for that stuff? There yeah. you go. That is, that's, yeah, all I mean, you that's need is another point. 300 bucks. Yeah, Plus. I was going to say, uh, you want to you complain about prices of Switch Online expansion, and then you get into mm-hmm. trying to find these old games at anything but an affordable price. Although, there are some decent games out there that are like $30. But if you want these classics... Oh boy! Yeah, pick up all your 3ds games now. That's the hobbyist life. Yeah, I I mean it's the hobbyist life, but it has gotten completely out of hand over the last two years. I'm sure I've talked about the uh, the new new 2ds XL Hylian Shield Edition from GameStop. I sold two years ago for three hundred dollars. I bought it for one hundred seventy nine, and now it's like six hundred dollars. Ooh! Wow! Yeah, and it might actually be more because I don't look at it very often because it just makes me so so very sad i don't blame you <laughs> yeah and sometimes when i feel like i want to get a little spendy i look at my uh my other gold new 3ds xl i still have not that one's three or four hundred dollars and i don't know i really like that one a lot though i use the hell out of it so yeah collecting games sucks don't get into it it's too expensive it's, it's too awesome. expensive and hard you also run out of room yes you, you run know. that is Kids Actually, are moving out. I'm, go- I'm thinking about, you know, downsizing, downsizing to a smaller place in the future. And I'm like, I'm looking at this game collection. I don't know where to put it. Wait, if the kids are moving. Oh, you're going to down. Yeah. I was no, say, if we're, you're still if we're get, moving you- into a smaller house, there'll be. Where am I going to You'll need a guest room for the kids when they come home to visit. It just also <laughs> happens to be filled with boxes. Seth, I also have a couple of books. Books are for yeah. nerds. Who needs books? Yeah. And then all the consoles. <laughs> Oof. My whole thing with collecting is that I I get the games that mean the absolute most to me, and then I have them out and everything, and then I don't care about anything else, honestly. So there you go. I may only have like a dozen classic games, but they are some of my absolute favorite games, and I love having them for one reason or, or another. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. probably the absolute like best and healthiest way to be a game collector, whereas you have some idiots like me who will see a, a, a DS game for $2 10 years ago and buy it knowing that he'll be able to sell it for like $50. You know, it's not a good investment. It takes no. a long time to mature and they're not very liquid. You can't just turn them around. But Yeah, if you don't store them the right way, they, they just don't mm. taste as good in the end too. Having said that, Pear, <laughs> there's been a copy of Os Tatakai Oendon over at our local retro game shop for like a month. And I just keep going, why haven't I bought this yet? It's right here. I'm going to buy it. Oh, Owen Don is the rhythm game <laughs> rhythm that heaven. became Elite Beat Agents in America. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, I think you should uh, be buying that. Yeah, no, you should do that. I, I think... remember the... Yeah, go ahead, Bear. I think I have that. I think I have that somewhere. Mm. Check They're so good if you've never played them. Um, awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, the the game that I think one of the rarest games that I probably own in my collection, I'm just like looking at my shelf, even though I already know what I'm going to say on the spot. Uh, I remember, uh, well, okay, so like f about five years ago, I saw a sealed copy of Chrono Trigger on the Nintendo Whoa. DS. Uh, ask, me, ask me how much I paid. Ask me how much I paid for I it. I bet you paid $45 for it. I paid 35 Oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> That is that is nice. one of my prized possessions. I that's yeah, an incredible just... that's an incredible get, Taylor. Well done. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm so proud of myself. I was like, it is now the most my most prized DS game that I own. I was like, I love this. Never letting it go. Never selling the 3DS. Nope. I was like, nope. This is this is this is mine for the rest of my life. <laughs> 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 uh, you know me, Kat. I'm really good at finding a good deal. I, I it's know. like one of that my superpowers. Seth loves. Yes, yeah, Seth knows. Seth, we did Black Friday. We covered Black Friday together. You know. Yep. You know what's up. Yeah. Kat, how much was when done? I only have the I only have the US release. Oh, sorry. How much is was? How what? much is it? Oh, when done? Oh. Oh, and done? Oh, that's yeah. really, it was really cheap. It's like $30. All right, there you go. Yeah, it's not bad. Okay. Now you got me all thinking about just not looking at any booths at PAX tomorrow and just going straight to the used game. <laughs> Spending stupid amounts of money. But anyway, now it's time for a cat take. Cat, I believe you have a take for us this week. I do have a take. And it's a little bit more of a serious take because this week, uh, an unnamed employee filed a complaint with the National Labor Relations Board about Nintendo alleging that Nintendo had prevented them from organizing. And this is interesting to me. It's a story that's been kind of picking up steam a little bit. And the reason it's interesting to me is, you know, we're all Nintendo fans and everything. And I think there's a lot of kind of, wow, it would be so amazing to go work at Nintendo, be working at the Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory and everything. <laughs> But I think it's a reminder to me that Nintendo is still a corporation, it's a business, mm -hmm. and it's subject to everything else that we've been seeing. And there's been, over the past year, if you've been kind of following it, you know, we've seen everything that's been happening with Activision Blizzard, Raven Software, there's been a big push uh, on the unions and workplace abuses and that everything. So the fact that this, uh, the spotlight is kind of turning toward Nintendo on this is really notable to me. Uh, Nintendo actually sent a statement to IGN and a few other places saying that this employee was let go for divulging sensitive information and for no other reason, and that they were not aware of them, like trying to stop them from organizing or anything and would be cooperating with the investigation. But now if you look on Twitter, you have contractors in particular starting to come out and say, hey, like things weren't kosher over at Nintendo. Uh, this is a story that's still kind of developing, uh, but I think it bears watching because mm. it is a serious topic in the games industry lately, and it shows that Nintendo is definitely not immune, as beloved as it is. Wow. No one is immune. No. Serious cat take this week. Yeah. yeah. Thank <laughs> you for that. Uh, any comments to go along with the cat take? I mean, would love to know a little bit more about that story, right? Yeah. Like the yeah. relationship between corporations and, and unions is, is tricky in that sometimes all it takes one exec who doesn't know how to interface with, you know, unionization and the processes and says the wrong thing and it can blow up and it can really be damaging to a company, right? If there's any sense of obstruction, um, the processes are, are, are complicated, right? Where the majority of the employees have to be in favor of pursuit, but like, 
exec or the, the corporate site cannot stand in the way of that sort of organization and that expression and pursuit. And so that, you know, it's risky. I'm sure they, they're taking it seriously. And, uh, you know, they, the only thing they can't, they can do is to be completely open to an investigation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, speaking personally for me, I've heard many stories over the years about what it's like to actually work with Nintendo. And I think I've said before, it's a very traditional and very conservative company, especially on the Japanese side. And um, I think that people have been pretty tight lipped over the years um, about kind of the ins and outs, but I've known plenty of people who are like, no, I, I got burned out. I decided to leave Nintendo and you kind of go, mm -hmm. okay, but what's going on there? Uh, I kind of mm -hmm. want to know. So that's going to be a story worth that bears watching over the next year or so. Yeah, absolutely. Interested to follow along with it. I have a, a pair of friends who are actually union contract negotiators and will be on Discord and they'll be talking about uh, going to auto factories. And it sounds like, I mean, they're both very, pretty happy guys, but it also sounds like their job is the worst in the world because <laughs> they are just constantly just beat down and, and, and upset about something. So anyway. Thank you, Kat, for that uh, thoughtful Cat take this week. And of course, we'll be returning to this story as it develops. Now we need to get into some more video game talk because there was a big old pile of video games to talk about this week. On top of Xenoblade Chronicles 3, we've got the Shadowrun Trilogy, which is coming to Switch. I've never played the Shadowrun game, so I'm looking forward to this. Force Unleashed is out, I think, today which originally came out on the Xbox 360 PS3. So, you know, it's probably going to lag a little bit on the Not Switch. that one. Not Wait. that one. That's We're getting the Wii version. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> definitive version. Oh. It is, it is, it's not the same game at all. It's actually a different developer, you know, obviously shares themes and, yeah. and concepts and everything, but it was designed for motion controls, you know, the lightsaber combat. Um, a lot of people think the Wii version is actually the better game when it comes to the, the just a pure gameplay of it. But oh, obviously, yeah. presentation-wise, it's going to be interesting to see what this <laughs> looks like on the Switch. <laughs> It's interesting that they picked that one and not the classic Xbox 360 PS3 ones. Um, yeah, Nintendo. As flawed as they were, if like the lightsaber in that game felt like a baseball bat, but yeah. it was a big deal when it came out because of the the havoc engine, the havoc physics. You yeah. mess around with light mm -hmm. uh, stormtroopers and whatnot with force powers. Um, and the other thing that's interesting is technically at the time, Force Unleashed was canon. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. no longer canon. It is a in the legends Extend category. Oh, yeah, legends. That's right. It is mm -hmm. a an area that uh, Lucas is actually exploring a lot in Star mm -hmm. Wars Obi Wan Kenobi, which is set in roughly the same time period. So my question is, are we going to bring back Star Killer? Star Killer going to be rescued Ooh. and put in the live action series? Oh, we're seeing clips of it now, and it yeah. looks like a Wii game very much. So it is. A it looks pretty good for a Wii wow. game. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. sure. All I, right. I'll, I'll give it that. But that's dope go. that they're using the Joy Cons to. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, the, yeah. the entire game was designed around it. That's why the Wii version is so different, right? Like mm -hmm. it's it, it it definitely was. Uh, it was supposed to be the lightsaber combat showcase. That we um, had dreamed about since. That we had dreamed about and never yeah. quite got in the end. I sure um, don't miss gimmicky motion controls. I'll just no. <laughs> but it's a look. It's optional for the the Switch version. So you know, there you go. It definitely you know. It's again the presentation. You will remember how blurry Wii games were. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. 480i uh, resolution of the. Did Aspire work on this one? Are they publishing it? Um, uh, no. Who was the. Uh, hold on. I'm going to look it up before we say something. I mentioned yeah. Aspire because they've been very busy lately and they've been growing a lot. Yeah. And I mean, their ports have been getting progressively better. I was actually pretty yeah. impressed by their work on KOTOR. They were, yeah. I mean, they used to be the um, used to be the studio for the Mac ports, and then uh, you know, uh, branching out. It was Redfly Studio did the um, the Wii mm. version. Um, they worked on a bunch of stuff like Ghostbusters, the video game, and uh, okay. yeah. TMNT. I've always meant to get Mushroom around to playing and... Ghostbusters. I've never mm, got yeah, around to that I, one. I'm the same. I never got around to it. The real it. sequel, the the one we deserved over Afterlife. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, you mentioned TNMT. We got a release window for Shredder's Revenge, which is coming out summer of 2022, and it's at PAX East. And I'm going to try to play it, uh, get my hands on it. That is, of course, amazing the new time game. for TMNT beat 'em ups between the mm -hmm. Digital Eclipse. Oh, yes, that looks amazing. Right, and we got the announced. Well, I should say they went live yesterday. The $150 Collector's Edition of the Cowabunga Collection came and went in a blur. It was at, in stock at Target, mm. sold out. In stock at Best Buy, sold out. In stock at Amazon, sold out. But it, as far as I know, it came back at Best Buy, and it might still be there. So if you really want this, and it's a really good uh, special edition. I know some people were complaining about the price, but if I personally was looking at what you get, and I was like, yeah, I'm ordering this, and never <laughs> opening it because that's just the horrible person that I am. But um. Oh, probably the biggest game announcement outside of Xenoblade Chronicles, Sonic Origins, which is the remasters of Ugh. Sonic's 1, 2, and 3, and Sonic CD. And of course, it's probably now infamous chart of baffling features that some have and some don't. <laughs> nobody really knows. But you get uh, the chart with two rings on it, and then for $44, you get the chart with all the rings on it you get medallions you get 100 medallions if you i don't know what that means but uh it's it's pretty exciting could is anyone uh, able to unravel this arcane mystery that is the the sonic origins collection i guess there are eight pieces of dlc coming out for <laughs> sonic origins perfect amount including stuff like hard mode missions and a mirror mode and certain pieces of music and the like and this is all locked behind a paywall and people hate paying for things. Yes. And I'm not saying that they're wrong about this. Um, it's kind of <laughs> remarkable that they're locking these features behind all of, uh, behind extra money. But yeah, yeah. those Sonic fans aren't particularly happy, which is too bad because mm. Sonic, the Sonic Origins collection as a whole looks great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it looks like the anniversary mode actually has full widescreen, which that's awesome if that's the case. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know. I yeah. I'll probably buy it regardless, but I, the collection looks great. The the DLC, the DLC stuff is completely annoying anti-consumer BS. Like yeah. it's it's awful. Like it's you know, it, we're going back to those times where like in order to get this extra thing, you gotta buy it at Walmart. But if you buy it there, you can't get the thing you get at Target. And it's like I I thought we left those days behind us. Like it's literally nickel and diming for features that are done, produced, that add value to the collection beyond buying the classic games. And it's not like where you're buying a game for full price and then a couple of months later, a DLC add-on pack comes out uh, out that the developer worked on for, for months after. And it's it's just 
it's bull. It's really, really annoying. I think I, you know, like I yeah. can't say anything positive or nice about it. It's <laughs> anti-consumer. It's nickel and diming. It's awful. I will buy the base collection. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah I. <laughs> Yeah, I I still think about how how much fun I had with all the bonus stuff that was included in like the Sonic Mega Collection and Sonic yeah. Gems Collection. I still have both of those on the GameCube. So when I saw that, I was like, I was like, hmm. I mean, am I still gonna buy this? I don't know. Maybe I was like, or I could just fire up my GameCube and play these, yeah. play those instead. <laughs> I own all these games already, right? So I for me, adding something special to it really seals the deal on me wanting to own it in a format that is easier for me to play and and replay um so don't do this bull if you have to make a freaking map towards what you get when you do what like it's a it's an oval it's a little orphan annie decoder ring that you need yeah <laughs> seriously like you gotta put on the 3d the glasses and, yeah. <laughs> i think no for me personally the Terrible. most baffling thing is it's only i mean it's only like five dollars more but it yeah. seems like so pointless because pointless to why not just make the game come out for $44 well of stuff and don't even bother with a with a $39 and 99 cent edition. Like I don't think anybody yeah. is like, well, the I would have bought is, it for 39.99 but for 45 that's just too much money. The, the trick is giving you like it's the fear that you're setting the price point at a point where the audience on, you know, certainly people on social media will get upset saying this is too much money and so they have the low price point and then they're selling the people really want it, the high price but point. But it's such, it's not even the, like a, it's that, not even no, that different of a price I, I point. I think that was the intention, but it's just, it's misguided and stupid. I'll they tell you, the <laughs> best, the absolute best uh, model that nobody gives enough credit to is Microsoft Flight Simulator. Now, granted, there were three different ah! editions, <laughs> three different editions that you could buy at the start. And the expensive one was like $109, but the amount of, content that they continuously give you and that game's that was game came out in 2020 it is 2022 yeah. now there's tons more planes there's tons more locations there's new missions they've added so much to it and they don't charge you for it at all you could fly an fa18 yeah. just like maverick in the upcoming movie oh man oh, yeah Wait, no, is Maverick flying an F-18 or an F-14 he in the new one he's flying an F-18 they've retired the Tomcat oh my god yeah I oh know my god but that's what happens when you have a naval career spanning like 47 years. Or... <laughs> yeah. I didn't know you were that old. What? what? I'm... Yeah, you. Yeah. How, how old do you think I am? A naval career of 47 years. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm, a, I'm, a, oh, 60, I'm a 69 year old yeah. man. I just oh, okay. look yeah. great because I didn't get out in the sun at all. I never nice. went on the deck. <laughs> I was always below decks. <laughs> that's the trick of it. Um, yeah, Sonic Origins comes out on June 23rd. And they did clean up the the chart a little maybe. bit. Oh, it may be switch. Out. The the switch version is the only one without pre orders right now. It's oh, it's on all platforms, including PC. And like the switch version doesn't have a listing on Nintendo's shop yet or a pre order link. So hopefully, ah. it's not one of those. Oops, sorry. It's now October. Or something. Yeah, this is a, look. absolutely a switch game for me. It's sort of like the Cowabunga collection. And I know yeah. just from our own data, um, on IGN deals, like the switch version is probably four times more popular than the next which is uh playstation like people just yep. these games just belong on switch it's actually somewhat hard to find sonic 3 and sonic and knuckles it is yeah we were talking about that a couple of episodes yeah. ago and there it is yeah. yeah there you go so that's why that would be a good reason for me to buy it honestly yeah. but 
Yeah, you're right, Pear. And, and the thing, and I guess the final note is normally Sega is very good about how they handle mm -hmm. a lot of their stuff. They put out these really high quality uh, 3D remakes or mm -hmm. collections and that kind of thing. So it surprises me to see them mishandling it with Sonic. It's almost weird. like it's inflation pricing. Maybe they, mm -hmm. they have to pay some more money down in the supply chain somewhere and they're like, how are we going to recoup it? But Sega, <laughs> be Arizona iced tea, man. Come on. Oh. <laughs> I love me some Arizona. Be the Costco hot dogs, which yeah, are still a dollar right. fifty with a hot dog that's you know not like an average size hot dog. It's pretty like about a foot long. It feels, and then you get a soda too on top of that. If you bought a if you bought a cow and you chopped it into hot dogs, it would still cost more than the than their hot dog. Like I don't know how it's possible. Anyway, <laughs> I have a feeling there's not don't a lot of cow in cows there. into hot dogs, yeah. please, people. No. Don't do that. <laughs> All right, let's talk about what we have been playing and i'm very excited because and this is a whole story that i have to tell but i went thrift shopping this weekend and i've been striking out month after month i don't find any electronics i don't find any clothes i never i, I just haven't found anything good and then this week i was going through the cassette tapes and i was finding a lot of very good cassette tapes including like a bobby brown album that i didn't even know existed called like get on stage or something and it's like very early bobby brown 1986 Anyway, I've got this stack of audio cassettes that are awesome. Def Leppard and ACDC and, of course, Prince. Or, excuse me, not I wish Prince. Two Bobby Browns. I turn around, and there's the 13-inch VCR TV combo that I have been searching for forever. Because it turns out most thrift stores will not accept those as donations anymore because people mm. just don't want to buy a CRT, with the exception of weirdo retro gamers like me. So I got a 13 inch JVC TV VCR combo. I plugged my Super Nintendo into it. It looks just how I wanted it to be. Oh, I also bought a stack of VHS, which also, by the way, Goodwill will no longer be accepting donations for VHS unless they're Disney. So if you see VHS and they're good, buy them like I did. I bought all the good ones. I have all the lethal weapons. I have speed. I have uh, lost world on VHS now. Anyway, I've been playing Tales of Fantasia, which I won in a contest on a oh, Facebook wow. group like five years ago. And it's a repro cart that somebody made with a fan, uh, a very good fan translation. I've never played Tales of Fantasia anymore, but I am really, really loving it. And the fact that it's on this tiny little TV with all its CRT goodness makes it that much better. And by the way, at 13 inches, VHS and, and, and old video games look really good. So... That's it for me. Tales of Fantasia. Tales of Fantasia is a little underrated, so I look forward to your thoughts. I, I didn't expect the battle system to be like it was. I thought it was just going to be a traditional, you know, turn-based sort of battle system like in uh, Final Fantasy, and it's not at all. And uh, yeah, it's got the, the it's exactly the kind of 16-bit JRPG graphics that I just, ah. Uh, the Mode 7 overworld? Come on now. Looks great. Who can yeah. resist? Yeah. Looking game. Yeah, Kat, we were, we were talking about you in the office the other day. Um, we we want to create a CRT classic gaming corner in the office because we have so much room. Like we gotta we gotta find a decent CRT, and we gave Fran his back. He stored it in the office for like three hundred years, and <laughs> we finally gave it to him. Uh, um, shouldn't have done we that. Need a new one. No, no offense to Fran. So you know what? It was a great Sony Trinitron, one of the last CRTs that were great, but it was a 16 by 9 one, which oh. was good for like the GameCube era of 480p games, but not great for Super NES and and you know. Before What's funny that. is I saw a CRT sitting on 
the curb just the other day and i was just like oh crt well i've already got one that's fine but so now i kind of regret not grabbing it and bringing it into the office but that's I mean, why i'm telling you that's right sam claiborne who was i think on last week's episode yep. he is known for having like a billion cr televisions so he's the one right there yeah we're, we're talking about it and he brought it up cat awesome yep. i'm excited play some Star Fox 64 in the office here we go exactly <laughs> well, what have you been playing otherwise who's you I was asking Kat I mean you haven't been playing Star oh. Fox 64 yet <laughs> <laughs> can I talk about a movie of course have y'all seen everything everywhere all at once I have not not yet no oh my god it looks awesome looks great it's so good. It is one of the best movies I've ever watched. I haven't felt this way since I watched The Matrix. It is oh, such a unique praise. movie, so clever, amazing action sequences, so absurd. Yep. One of the craziest movies I've ever watched, but it has heart. I wasn't expecting it, it to hit as hard as it ended up hitting. Um, it is definitely a must-see, not-to-miss action movie. Um, Great. And the kid, the kid from uh, Goonies and uh, Indiana Jones is in it, right? Yeah, yeah, so, and sure. he's great. Yeah, he no steals the show. Yeah, <laughs> no longer a kid. No, he's quite oh. wonderful. There was an article about um, just how meaningful that character is. Um, just That's awesome. In, yeah. So if you haven't seen Everything Everywhere All at Once, it's in theaters right now. Go watch it ASAP. Cool. It's great. See it in the theater for sure. It's a it's a movie you want to see in the theaters. No promises, but I'll see what I can do. <laughs> we still haven't seen Sonic 2, and that's what the kids want to go see. So, oh, yeah. we gotta go see it. I know it's we're so gonna good. Go see it. We're gonna go see it. We just haven't yet. Taylor, what have you been playing? What have I been playing? Yeah. Well, I was playing the House of the Dead remake recently, oh, and just color me surprised. Taylor's <laughs> 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 favorite game. It's not, well, I don't know if I liked it that much. I mean, you saw what I gave it. I mean, it was it's it's fun. I liked it. Uh, how I forgot how much how many hours I clocked in before I like finished the review. I think it was almost thirty or about thirty. And then, I, then I found out today, I was like, oh my God, it's coming out on PC and PlayStation and all these other platforms. I was like, cool. I was like, best believe I'm going to play this on PC now. <laughs> <laughs> but I was playing that. Uh, I, I've been meaning to try to uh, get into Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga. Oh. I have it on PC now and I want to I want to try it on PC. I actually installed it on my Steam Deck, even though it's not verified, but I'm going to, I'm going to, oh, it'll be fine. Find out. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be fine. Yeah. So I'm going to, so, but yeah, I, House of the Dead remake. Yeah. Because I've been playing it specifically specifically with my family uh i've oh, talked awesome. a little bit about it on twitter but uh that was like one of the first like games that i remember playing like as a kid i remember playing the dreamcast playing house of the dead 2 and like me and my family on the weekends we would just take turns trying to see how far we could get uh and actually beat the game and then i you know i've played all the other house of the dead games i i it was one of the first games i got for the original xbox well, typing the of the crap dead out of that <laughs> typing of the dead is really good i love typing <laughs> of the dead i really wish they'd be well okay so like i know the most accessible one is the, the overkill on steam but it just it doesn't capture that same type of charm that the original one had and it's like the original is just a walking meme and i love it <laughs> suffer like g did question mark <laughs> is that an invitation i don't know that's awesome classic uh we were actually talking about a top 10 dreamcast games recently for a Ooh, list mm. and uh typing of the dead came up and it is uh one of my all-time favorite games no, okay, it's not one of my all-time favorite games, but I really enjoyed playing that game on the Dreamcast back in the day. I never played it. I've only ever heard about it. But I have a Dreamcast, and now I have a CRT, so... There you go. 
Yeah. So get on it. You got to get on it. It is a I masterpiece. Have to get the, 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 the typing or the, uh, the keyboard. The little control. Dreamcast keyboard the, control. The keyboard. Which I'm sure yeah. is the very inexpensive. Is doing the little punctuations as the leeches are jumping out of the swamp at you. That one, that <laughs> what I like about it too is that I, I like how they still capitalize everything for sure. It's just like proper grammar and stuff. But I was like, no, you can still just like type the lowercase letter for it and they will penalize you. But it's like, no, no, no. But if you miss a comma, they will, they will, they will call you out or you'll get whacked. They'll, they'll, you'll lose Good. a hit point. So, uh, which I'm glad. I was, like, yes, it actually, Kat, I think we were talking about this too, like uh, during that meeting. It did, it helped me get better at my typing. It, and I hope too. if somebody, I hope if somebody types less instead of fewer, it resets the game and, and deletes your save. <laughs> it's typing of the dead, not grammar of the dead. Okay. All right. I want grammar <laughs> of the dead. <laughs> oh, fair. Other than uh, grammar of the dead, what have you been playing? Well, good news, everyone. I finished uh, Tunic, and oh, that excellent. is definitely my game of the year. Uh, no so kidding. Wow. Wow. Again, we're still, uh, sorry, still waiting. <laughs> uh, man, layers upon layers of awesome secrets. Uh, waiting for the Switch version still, of course. And I think I'm tiring of Pikmin Bloom. I haven't talked much about it, but I kept on playing Pikmin Bloom whenever I walk oh, around that was you. or travel okay. somewhere and like, you know, exchanging uh, postcards with friends and stuff. But I think I'm getting bored because... Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't get out enough. Uh, so I've uh, gone back to playing Kirby, um, which I'm playing in co-op with my son, and I love it. And uh, I started playing Gotta Protectors: Cart of Darkness. Now, please this explain this. Yeah. So Aver um, brought this uh, to the West. It's actually from if you go if you guys know your video game composers, Yuzu Koshiro created a company, a co-founded company called Ancient. Uh, Yuzo Koshiro is the composer, of course, of ActRaiser, brought him up before as uh, that being one of the most amazing soundtracks. Streets of Rage, he did Castlevania, Portrait of Ruin, he worked on Smash, all sorts of stuff. Uh, and so Ghana Protectors is the weirdest freaking franchise. It, um, I think it came to the West first uh, it, uh, for the Xbox, uh, on Xbox Live as, uh, what was it called, Protect Me Night? Um, Protect Me Night, and then it, uh, there was a 3DS one, and this is the third game in the series. It's called Gotta Protectors, um, and it's Gotta Protect Her. You know, it's uh, the, uh, the knights protecting the princess, uh, who, okay, yeah. the story's great. It's like she's inside a castle on rails. It's, uh, it's you know, princesses moving castle, basically. And it goes around on rails, and uh, so it's basically a, a, an action tower defense a game where four players can play co-op and wail on enemies to clear the path, defend the princess, and the princess then, with her castle, attacks the final uh, fortress in each level. So it's like this really kind of clever little puzzle game. It's got uh, an 8-bit look. Uh, it's super cheesy, super heavily punny uh, stuff. You collect cartridges, which are all puns themselves based on classic gaming franchises. So it's kind of like it's for, for NES lovers, um, it's chaotic. It's definitely a good time with 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 four players. It's freaking weird as hell. Um, yeah, and you know, eight four obviously uh, works on localizing uh, Japanese games, and 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 it uh, definitely worked hard on making this funny and odd and quirky in the U.S. It's um, I yeah, I, it's a very very strange game, and like it came and went. I think it's a bit under the radar, but like if you've got a uh, couple of people for couch co-op um uh, go for this one is there a physical release of this or is it download only is a um there's a limited edition one that's coming out ah yeah, okay one, but I, I don't think it's out yet okay. yeah it's yeah. It's, a, it's it's an e-shop game i'm watching the uh the footage of it i'm like this is the kind of game i would like to own 
physically. Yeah, it's super. It's it's a little bit like it's almost like a clicker game. You just have to hit enemies that much. Like it's just constantly converging masses of enemies, and then you, know, you gotta awesome. hit like the little barriers that hold back the enemies. Uh, it's very very NES referential and everything. Mm. It's it's cute. All right, that mm-hmm. is Gata Protectors, and it's on the eShop right, right now. And I'm this is one of those games that if I had my Switch right here, I I would just you'd like download this. it. It's yeah, it's it definitely looks... Seth Macy weird. And yeah, and you saying <laughs> that it's a clicker game or yeah. sort of like that. I mean, my youngest son was deeply into Cookie Clicker very it, recently, so it's he'll... more strategic than that. I don't want to undersell it. It's but you do hit that button. <laughs> well, he was only into it for the memes. He wasn't doing it because he was trying to increase the the amount of clicking he could do. He just there wanted to, to start the grim apocalypse or something. Yeah, that's I'm it. Not exactly sure i just remembered real quickly before we end the show i also found all the hookups for my n64 and i was playing some pilot wings 64 because i just love pilot wings i wish they would bring pilot wings back i don't know why i guess they don't really (laughs) do i'm a big fan yeah i love and like i've said before i'm the world's greatest uh pilot wings player on the super nintendo it's nobody just, it, is as good as world's that. greatest people I'm the world's people, greatest people don't like peaceful flying games right like flight simulator obviously got a boost by being a part of game pass but like one of my favorite games of all time was sky odyssey on the playstation it just it, nobody bought it nobody played it it's spectacular and pilot wings had to be baked into wii sports resort in order for anybody yeah. to pay attention to it right like that's yeah. i do love those flight challenge games yeah oh, man yeah I, I wish... there was a time you know, when this game came out, which was a launch Super NES game, and I got it for Christmas, and I played it so much that I could get perfect scores on every single test, in the, you know, where they wow. would be weeping, Whoa. eyes open, the instructors would be weeping. Um, I can't do that anymore, but I'm still very, very good at it, and it surprised me. How well, your, your 40-year huh. naval aviation career, I'm sure, really helped. Well, yeah, and I was actually able to land on the carrier deck in the Top Gun for NES. Wow. Oh no, that's a lie. Nobody ever did that. That's imp- that's where the game wow. ends. There's no code wow. after that. Wow. Oh, look at that. Wow. So good. I played this game so much, I would, when I would go to sleep, I would dream about the the rocket pack mission sound effects are so good too <laughs> yeah it's such a great game great soundtrack it sounds like the uh the the wii music um, yeah actually but people are just like you know pilot wing 64 was at an age when polygons were starting to become you know games right 3d worlds became more sophisticated so there yeah. was this attraction to seeing this world rendered in 3d and just being like <laughs> able to soar around and like nowadays people want more right right we don't need pilot wings <laughs> yeah. anymore because every i mean as much as i love them every pilot wings was just a tech demo for yeah. the system Mode seven like or, the, polygons, yeah. Yeah. or the when the 3ds came out you know it showed off the 3d of that mm-hmm. system and so we don't need it anymore that's okay we still have several of them, and I love them all. So I anyway, I still need them. That is all the time we have for Nintendo Voice Chat today. Please come to Boston tomorrow if you can at 1.30. If you are listening to this the day after Friday, you missed out. It was a good time. Thanks to everyone involved. But uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at NVC Podcast. Submit your question block questions on the NVC Facebook group. By the way, someone said they couldn't find it. It is an unofficial group. So you do have to request to be made a member of the group, and then you'll see us all in there chit-chatting about Xenoblade and whatnot. I'll, t- Taylor, thank you so much for coming out and joining us today. And I want to thank Red on the ones and twos, and most of all, thanks to you. 
for listening along with us. And remember, NBC is the only place where you can get the thing. Get the thing. Get the thing. <laughs>